0: Welcome to Syracuse University GradCast. My name is Dan Olson-Bang. We are joined today by Sonali Pandey. She is a hematology oncology medical science liaison at AMAG Pharmaceuticals. She is going to be giving a talk on October 15th from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time Uh, about some experiences and some suggestions about networking, about which we'll hear uh, a little bit during this conversation. But Sonali, I also just wanted to hear from you about your experiences and and to get a sense of your career path, because I know that there are a lot of people at SU who would like to hear more about that. So um, maybe just start off by telling us a bit about yourself.
1: Absolutely. So my name is Salali Pandey. I am currently working as a medical science liaison with AMAC Pharmaceutical. The company is based out of Boston. I live in Dallas and cover uh, Texas and surrounding states, five states as my territory. I originally started In this field, uh, when I started my PhD at Texas Women's University, Denton, Texas, in molecular virology, I completed that in 2015 and moved on to continue my postdoctoral fellowship at UT Southwestern Medical Center, Dallas. Um, I worked on cytomegalovirus during my PhD and HIV during my postdoctoral work. However, I realized that even if I love science and I want to be in science, I wanted a career that is more interactive. I wanted to have a broader impact and wanted to work in the field that can have an immediate impact on patients' lives. So when I was interacting with multiple different people and trying to learn what are career options that are available for PhDs like myself, I came across medical science liaison path and um, it took me a while to get here where I am. I, in between, I worked in the field of pain management, oncology, and now I am currently again in, in the field of oncology. So happy to answer more questions as we continue this conversation.
0: Thank you so much. It sounds like you've really had a fascinating uh, path. Can you tell me a bit about your experience with the PhD and, and the postdoc and how that prepared you for your current role?
1: Absolutely. So as PhDs and postdocs, we are well uh, equipped to learn, understand science at basic level and not just do science and conduct research, but also analyze that critically. When we read publications by other authors, by our colleagues, we tease out the data and understand how uh, that data has impacted maybe a pathway or an animal model or patient population. That was one part of it. Second, a lot of us do teaching or uh, assistantship of that sort and we are also expert in teaching others what we have learned during our PhD. We all go to conferences present in front of experts in the field, learn from their feedback, bring that feedback back uh, to our work and uh, develop our experiments based on what is needed in the field. And all these skills are absolutely important for a medical science liaison role. Having that communication skill, ability to understand complex scientific information, uh, process that information, and be able to explain it to different kinds of audiences. Uh, during these conversations that we have. So I think during PhD and postdoc, we do perform a lot of those activities that prepare uh, us or that has prepared me for this particular role.
0: What is a day as a medical science liaison like? What do you like about this job?
1: Absolutely. And I think... It is hard to explain what the day looks like because every single day is different. So I'm going to give- um, That's, that's sort of my of
0: idea up. of a perfect job, you know?
1: <laughs> hard to
0: characterize because of the variety.
1: Right, right. I think, um, and, and this is the week of an MSL pre-COVID and then I will talk a little bit about <laughs> the COVID. Yeah. So pre-COVID, my role involves 70 to 80% travel. So during a specific week, I would have meetings that are scheduled already. I would get on a flight, go to some place. For example, if I have meetings in New Mexico, I would be there on Monday morning, uh, meeting with multiple different people. Maybe I would stay there for a couple of days. I would come back. During rest of the week, I would have internal meetings with my internal colleagues or uh, phone calls with commercial colleagues as well as uh, reading that I need to do for meetings that are coming up in next uh, week or next couple of days. And also during this time, I'm constantly scheduling meetings for upcoming weeks. So you kind of live in this reality when you are uh, in the present doing the job that you are doing and also constantly thinking what you're going to do one month from now and scheduling those meetings, booking those flights, taking care of all these logistics. So keep in mind that no one is doing all these work for you. Nobody is like scheduling fl- uh, flights for you or booking rental car for you. You are doing all of this while um, doing your scientific work. Um, so as far as the meeting part goes, the meetings could be two types of meetings, uh, either salespeople. Sometimes they get some questions for experts in the field or healthcare providers that either they're not supposed to answer or they don't, have answer to those questions and those questions come to me and sometimes there is a request for a presentation, disease-stated education, or specific data that they want to know about and I go and present that data. Sometimes these are lunch or dinner presentations, sometimes just meetings, now based on what is the requirement and what is the request that I have received. and it is very important uh, for MSL to gather insights and understand what is the knowledge gap that we have in this field and bring those backs back to the company. So in a nutshell the week looks like a lot of logistic work, um, constant reading, scheduling those meetings, actually doing those meetings and um, also interacting with internal colleagues if the we also have multiple different internal projects that we are doing, sometimes training other new hires or prepping for a conference. So it does involve 60 to 80% travel. Uh, Post-COVID or during COVID, my travel went from 80% to 0% in a day, and I haven't traveled since March. So your make- airplane is your <laughs> office at home now, huh? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I think many companies have done that during the past few months.
0: That's interesting. So um, I guess from one standpoint, one of the aspects of this job that anybody needs to know is that you're going to travel. And, and I'm hoping and assuming that when you're in New Mexico or you're going to this place or that, that you're also getting a flavor of the place and it's not just darting in and out of meetings, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes if I get time, I walk around the town in the evening or I'll meet up some friends um, it, we do get a lot of perks because you get all these miles and all the points and everything benefit that can help you in general. Yeah.
0: How did you know this is what you wanted to do with your life?
1: That's That's a fun question. I think it took me a while to get to the point to decide what I wanted to do. I was always lost and I would always wonder how come everybody knows what they want to do and I don't know what I want to do. Um, I think I used elimination method, <laughs> uh, to be honest. I just started thinking what I don't like and started eliminating those uh, career paths that I think are I, not good fit for me. And I would highly recommend that. It takes a while to think that what kind of career you want. And I asked question to myself, what do I want to do every single day? And definitely sitting on a bench by myself, not talking to anybody and doing research every single day wasn't the one. So when I talk to professionals and try to understand what their role entails, that's when I got uh, impressed by MSL Career Path. There were different aspects that attracted me to this role. Number one was ability to uh, communicate science with experts in the field and have a real impact in patients' lives. Number two, it was having immediate impact. For example, if you publish a paper reading your PhD postdoc, it might have an impact 10, 15 years from now because you're doing basic science versus the conversations I have that might have impact tomorrow when that uh, physician is treating a patient. And also, number three, I loved – and enjoyed like interacting with multiple different people, developing those relationships and traveling. So all those aspects together felt like a dream job. And it it is and I enjoy it a lot.
0: Working backwards, it sounds like a lot of the way that you found this was not sort of solo research. And maybe this speaks a little bit to your your personality and your preferences. It sounds like you talk to people who do this kind of work. Is that right?
1: Yes, absolutely. I would reach out to people who have this job or a different other uh, career path that I was considering, and I would ask them questions. What do you do every day? What are some of the things you like about your role? What are some of the things you don't like? And you want to hear both pros and cons. Sometimes uh, people tend to read up and understand only the good side. You also want to know what is the downside and what a good day looks like, what a bad day looks like. And I think that is absolutely important.
0: What is the bad side of the job?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Good question. I think um, it is very realistic that you will spend a lot of time reaching out to people because you are trying to meet with them. And these are high level experts in their own field. They have hundreds of emails that they're receiving every single day. So it requires a lot and a lot of patience to get meetings with these folks and it could be frustrating because as PhDs we have tendency to plan our day. We know what kind of experiments we are going to do, what time we are going to go to lab, what time we are going to have lunch versus MSL. A lot of my schedule depends on other people's preferences. When do they have time? When can I get on the flight? Do do I need to wake up at 4am or (laughs) 7am depending on where I am going? And it takes, time to get used to not having control on every single thing that I am trying to do. And it took me a while, but now I feel that I am more used to um, letting and let the work flow and flowing with the work (laughs) in normal terms.
0: Given that you finish your degree, you finish your postdoc, you've spoken to a lot of people. What advice do you have for grad students who are kind of starting out and just trying to figure out what would be best for them?
1: i think the advice i would have is try and understand your own personality and be honest with yourself sometimes i feel that we get carried away and think oh this is really great and i would love to do it and that's what i want to do but that might not be the right career path for you that's number one and number two It is absolutely important to develop network early on. I remember when I was in PhD, I would not go to any any event that doesn't involve my research work. I would wake up, go to lab, spend whole time in lab, come home. I would avoid wasting my time in anything other than my lab work, and that was a wrong thing to do. I would absolutely. It's a very insular
0: life, isn't it? When you do that.
1: Yes. And I realized that when I graduated, I didn't, know the network. I didn't know anybody from industry. I had no idea what I wanted to do. I applied for multiple different jobs randomly by submitting applications and I never heard from anyone and I ended up doing postdoc, which wasn't the preferred path at the time for me. So I would highly recommend starting early and trying to realize that network is absolutely important. And it is possible to develop industry network when you are doing your PhD because you go to a lot of conferences. There are people from industry there, even if you get used to talking to them and just hear what they're doing, what their work looks like. Is this something you want to do? It's a great start.
0: Obviously, this is something that you feel strongly about, and I'm I'm glad to know that you're going to talk about this at Syracuse, or virtually at Syracuse, since we'll be meeting over Zoom. Can you tell us about what you're going to talk about during that session on October 15th, 5 to 6 p.m.?
1: Absolutely. I would like to give a little bit introduction about my path and what um, how networking has helped me to get where I am provide information on medical science liaison as a career path and also give an opportunity, plenty of opportunity for people to ask me questions because uh, many of us know a lot about different things such as like networking or um, MSL path, but they might have some follow-up questions that they never had a chance to get answers to. So I would be happy to answer those questions.
0: Well, Sonali, we're really excited to have you uh, virtually attend a session on October 15th, 5 to 6 p.m. And so I was wondering before we go, if you have any final thoughts to share with us.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think there is a lot of misconception in um, academia that you need to do X, Y, Z in order to get this job. You cannot um, follow this particular career path right after your PhD. I think that is incorrect. You need to have open conversations with people who have transitioned in their roles and understand what they have done. And I personally think you should ask questions saying, what could you have done differently and learn from their mistakes? I personally think that I made a lot of mistakes in my career and I don't want other people to do the same. And that's my uh, motivation to help them learn from my mistakes. I think it is absolutely important to forge your own career path and everything is possible. It might be hard, but whatever you set your mind to is still possible. So thank you so much.
0: Thank you. And to everybody listening again, that's October 15th, 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern time. My name is Dan Olson-Bang and this has been Syracuse University Gradcast. Have a great day.